Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It's come to Jim Van Beber. Is that how it's you say gotten it? There. Beber? Jim All right, Van good. Beber. It, it got there. Man. It had to get here eventually. This is where all, waiting all roads have led to this, right? Is that I've been waiting to do Deadbeat at Dawn for so long. Oh man. Here this we go. is this is the art of movie making. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast, and uh, this is and a this movie. This is a movie. This is a film. This is a right guy here. making his movie. One of the best versions ever of a guy making his movie. Yeah, we're big fans of the indie filmmaker who goes all out, spends years and all of his money yeah. to create his dream project. No matter what that is, no matter whatever what it shape is. that takes. But the best thing about those movies, and the reason why we love them so much, shot on video movies are becoming more and more of a staple <laughs> at our uh, movie watchings. Definitely, straight to video has really taken over. Like we're really plumbing some straight to video. <laughs> Cool depths. There's good stuff in there. And uh, so, you know, our tastes are shifting, and this really just captures all of the best essence of that DIY genre, the joys in cheapness, the realness that comes with that cheapness. This is one of the best examples of that. I love it so much. It was such a surprise discovery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I still remember. I think you and I watched it together. Uh, either was it Johnny Goods? It was several mansion? years ago. It was like a decade ago. It was yeah. a long time. I think it was when you were house sitting for Johnny Good. Maybe. And uh, has that had that cool place that was kind of spooky with all the big <laughs> windows, you know? A little too spooky for me. And uh, we always somehow wound up doing playing like a horror video game <laughs> or watching like a horror movie there. And then look out at nothing but black windows out in the country, just like, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? And uh, eating Taco Bell and just being like, we're sitting ducks. (laughs) We're just getting ourselves worked up out in the woods. exactly. Just like, nobody's out there, nobody's out there, nobody's out there. And I'm pretty sure that's that's where we debuted Deadbeat at Dawn. I'm positive. And because I remember 20 minutes in, you looked over with one of my favorite. It's so memorable. You said, "This is low budge." <laughs> <laughs> this was something. There's you, no getting around it. This was like probably a, around a decade ago. Oh yeah, and no, it was. Yeah, it was a long time ago, and this was something this you was, hadn't seen before. Exactly. This, yeah. This was a new thing. This was a different. Like this was a different vibe than we'd gotten from movies. We were hitting a different level, and I. I'm pretty fascinated. This is a different by this level, movie, all right. Man. This is. We've, I've enjoyed movies like uh, Miami Connection, mm-hmm. and you know, but this is not the same. Ha ha, the room, guy making his movie. Mm-hmm. This succeeds against all odds and against all budgets. 
This is cohesive and high quality. We are so lucky because very recently we got to screen this movie for friends and well-wishers. Yeah. If you guys know this movie at all, think about it and think about how amazing it is that we got to watch Deadbeat at Dawn on a big screen in a theater. It was really... uh, And it's four by three (laughs) wonder. Oh, yeah. It was really eye-opening for me in the best way when we were we knew this event was happening. It was bought, paid for, set in stone. They couldn't kick us off. <laughs> it yeah, it was yeah. happening. <laughs> they, I paid they, my money, and they weren't going to tell us what happened. we could and could not watch. And uh, so as we, long as yeah, I fit these the time restraints, I'm on my own time here. All right. That's why we discussed hot and saucy pizza girls. <laughs> but we didn't want to push it. Even if we would have waited for the that final would have been a, a step too far. I think that would be pushing it. Five loose women. Uh, yeah, I thought they were on loose from the chain <laughs> gang. I didn't know that was five loose women. Ah, yeah, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't watch trailers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so as we were discussing, and we spent a long time, several hours discussing what movies to play we wanted to get this right and we're going to talk about every movie where this whole series is us talking about movies that we screened at our friends and family movie festival and deadbeat at dawn was the closer it was the late night felt right yeah put it at the end of the bill it was a long day but spirits were high the two movies that i knew in my heart i had to play i had to see thief on the big screen. Yes. I just had to. I've all I've never gotten to. It's not as likely to get played at a Colt Night, you know, unless James Conn kicks it mm. in a year or two. That guy seems God pretty forbid. virile. Yeah. He seems tough. That guy's gonna live till ninety five. So mm-hmm. we got years of con, so I'm not gonna get thief until then. So I paid to see Thief, man. I paid to host Thief and I loved it. But I, the closer we got to the date, I realized how badly I wanted to see Deadbeat at Dawn. That had to be screened. I had to, I had to host that mm-hmm. in a theater for people that have never seen Deadbeat at Dawn. When, when you talk about lifelong dreams and ambitions, <laughs> I think this is ranked up there. All of a sudden, you need like, I can't go through life without I need to share this it. one, this notch on the belt. I need to share Deadbeat at Dawn, and I need to see it on a big screen. This is a guy going out and making his Chuck Norris movie and succeeding at Ooh. it. Yeah, Chuck Norris meets uh, like Hunter S. Thompson meets... <laughs> It's weird, man, and it's Charles such a, Bronson meets yeah, very Bronsony, very great. It's like the movie that really plays like the city of Dayton, Ohio, <sighs> gave someone money to like just make a movie highlighting the best parts of the city, and then Jim Van Bever's like, "I'm showing the real Dayton." Man, I couldn't believe how <laughs> shitty Dayton looked in this movie. <laughs> Not a great ad for Dayton. Man. I mean, I've seen some Skid Rows in my time. <laughs> In large metropolitan areas, and I'm sure Dayton's a huge city, but this you know what this was what I'm afraid of. We just man. saw those tenements in uh, across 110th Street. Yeah, this Dayton. outdoes outdoes those. I'm glad you brought up 110th Street yeah. because Dayton is giving me <laughs> these like burned out Harlem vibes. Like 
Well, Dayton's uh, too dark for David Lynch. I wonder if he found a neighborhood like John Carpenter did in Escape from New York, where it was just like, half of St. Louis burned down. You can film there. <laughs> sure thing. So Dayton looked certain, rough. Some of these low-budget filmmakers that we love so much have the way of filming in these locations. The scariest neighborhoods ever seen on film. When I think of scary neighborhoods, I think of wherever street trash was filmed. Oh, yeah. Ugh. What a Disgusting. scary, ugly... <laughs> how did that end up on Earth? Mm-hmm. How did a plot of Earth look like street trash? Oh, my God. Well, just thinking of Candyman. Oh, wow. That is, that is a Cabrini terrifying... Cabrini Green is so terrifying to me. Environment. I think of that. I think terrifying of that Terrifying environment. I've been at the Roxy seeing a few movies lately, and they have an old poster for the still yet... I'm not sure the release date, Candyman, hmm. the Jordan Peele Candyman. Yeah, the one that I think is not until next year at this point, maybe. Right. But, yeah. It has it says June on the poster, but I think that was supposed to be June of 2020 when we were optimistic. Yeah. And now it's just like, we don't know. But the poster's <laughs> here still. Luckily, it's inside, so it's not all sun faded, mm-hmm. like the ones at the Petaluma cinemas. Just like look like apocalypse happened. It's like... They were showing the crudes. <laughs> it's such right. a bummer. When society just ended. A, just a faded white, like, and also Scoob <laughs> was playing. And then then society collapsed. The remnants of Scoob's been torn away to use be used as paper, like in Waterworld. Those scoop posters are very valuable in yeah. the post-water society. It's just the shittiest part. It's the depressingest part of the, the movie situation right now. So every time I use the restroom, this Candyman poster is right on the corner mm-hmm. as you pass by. So I'm always just reminded of Cabrini Green and how scared I am of it every two weeks. Yeah. But and this. Dayton, baby. This. Dayton, oh, Ohio. The, oh, Jeez. Jesus Christ. Have you ever seen Original Gangsters by Larry Cohen? Uh, no, with I don't Robert think Forster so. With Robert Forster and Fred Williamson. It's like a vigilante movie, but with like old guys. Mm, but not Vigilante. <laughs> the movie but by not William Vigilante, Lustig. just half the people from Vigilante. I don't think Larry I've seen Cohen it. Movie. It was from 96, but it played theaters. It was probably one of the later uh, Larry Cohens. Well, he did, I would think he so. did Phone Booth. That was way later. And Cellular. Never mind. One of the later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Late phase. And, uh, you know, that's the same thing. That same vibe. Hmm. That it was in Indiana. Okay. I've never been scared of a place more than I was of the Indiana depicted in original gangsters. Oh, my gosh. It was like urban ghost town stuff. It's the scary shit. It was like the wire shit. It's like, I didn't know Indiana was scary. Yeah. Well, there's know Indiana was the scary place, especially in the low budgetness of this movie. Yeah, it's like handheld cameras. It's you know seemingly non actors in these roles, yeah, so man. it feels wild. The low budget, it feels quality. feral. I have so many tapes and so many of these kind of movies that are people's one guy's movie. Yeah, that like you said, feral. These wild movies because of the realness and the cheapness of it. It's what drew me to those watch John Waters movies. When sure. I discovered what those were in college. Just watched all of them and just like, this is so cheap. This is so low budget. There was a, like, they left a bad take 
mm-hmm. in a in right. a scene. I've never seen that before. Well, it's all it's all like natural lighting and places, and uh-huh. yeah, just seemingly like there's several scenes in like just drug dens and things, and <laughs> it looks like they really went into a drug den and just filmed. Yeah, there. like you couldn't get locations this real. I think he just was laying on a crackhead's mattress in a drug den. It's the success. And like got a blanket that he found there, and they were just like shoot before someone comes back. It's this it's crazy. level of talent. But within a budget that the best filmmakers or have. Or a non-budget. Or a in non-budget. This case. But I, even guys with a good budget, but not much, like Maniac Cop 2. A good budget, but still independently financed. Mm-hmm. And and it had that realism with the, the Spiro Rosado stunts. You know, a hungry group of guys that all have a good vision and good taste. Van Beber has good taste for bad taste. I was just going to say, yeah, this movie is one of the most in bad taste, kind of nasty, needlessly cruel kind of movies I've ever seen. I think it, for a movie from the 80s, I think it ages really well in that it's not as offensive as it could be. Hmm. It's not racist like you could expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like not as misogynistic as it could be. It's just like debauchery. Yeah, it's but it's guys that like... are like uh, have different goals than you and I. Yeah. <laughs> they have different plans set forth that I would not do. And They've, they've uh, chosen a path. And so it's this, yeah, this version of the... This is my version, though, of... I think every one of us has had this moment. Every guy that I get along with movies-wise has the moment where some guy showed him Boondock Saints <laughs> and thought it was the coolest badass shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was. And I was kind of not enjoying Boondock Saints. I don't know how much you like it. But I think the way I feel about Deadbeat at Dawn... I saw it once and never watched it again. Same. Yeah. With a guy who I had to like... Ugh, it was a bummer. I didn't like it. Right. Not well, people, into it. People got people super like, into that movie. People got yeah. very into it. It was the movie you showed people because you were into it. I almost don't want to meet the guy that is that into Deadbeat at Dawn. <laughs> but Deadbeat at Dawn is way more like... I think this is how it feels... For the guys that feel that way about the Boondock Saints. Okay. I am so impressed by this accomplishment. It's a very interesting, good movie. We, in our uh, movie marathon, uh, the previous movie we'd played was a horror movie, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. And so that kind of got like a... It got some laughs where it was unexpected because uh, it just had that 80s TV movie vibe. Yeah. Regardless of how effective and scary it was. Silly hats and stuff. Yeah. Silly, distracting TV stuff. And so it kind of had a fun, raucous vibe. And I was thinking, like, people could giggle at Deadbeat at Dawn, even though I think it's way better. I think it's good acting. I think the acting is unique. If it's If it's not as good, it's unique. And when it's good, it's actually good. It's good for its level. And it didn't get laughs. People seemed really into this. I think this yeah. level of budget 
kind of subconsciously connects us to a movie. It does with me, at least. Well, this movie has a lot of moments where you could laugh. There's a lot of uh, this white guy doing kung fu moves and practicing his nunchucks and that could look... things that are funny. Dude, this... and, and and that I I was laughing at some of that stuff and I and uh but yeah there are the there are such dark moments in this movie okay but that then I think the yeah the laughs go away after kind of the first fifteen the minutes. heaviness and the realness are effective and they and once see... you get once you get into it yes I think the I think uh, the, it's a guy who's in a gang he tries to quit the gang they uh, what's the tagline he quit the gangs they killed his girl. He became <laughs> deadbeat at dawn, oh. so it kind of has a bit of a death wish vibe to it. Very much, but it's just about this total like drugged out kind of. All these guys are losers. They're in gangs. They're yeah. they're bad dudes. They're evil men. I've never seen West Side Story, but I imagine it was similar to <laughs> these this. are the Jets. Yeah, yeah this is. I what... imagine this was like that. <laughs> but here's the thing with Van Beber, a guy directing, starring producing over the course of four years doing every, his own stunts stunts and everything <laughs> yeah as focus and responsibility all on you for the level of success this movie has he does not come off like a joke at mm. all how close could anybody be to being a goofy youtube meme of a guy doing dorky nunchucks yeah we have a lot of that we have a yeah. lot of that van beber you cannot make fun of. He looks <laughs> undeniably badass in this movie. All this, right. <laughs> this is a no. How can you not? We've watched I movie think with... I think it's inherently silly to see a white guy with longer hair flipping nunchucks around. This guy is who... I'm sorry. Madison I think that Bum- is like... No. Madison Bumgarner like thinks he's guaranteed Van comedy. Beber. <laughs> Bumgarner thinks he's Van Beber. There's been movies made about guys... Like Van Bever, like Trash in Bronx Warriors. Sure. 1990 Bronx Warriors. This guy, Goose, is the coolest possible trash. Come on, man. These vibes, especially when he's got, he goes from beard, he gets face <laughs> scarred, he's got that cool feathered Hesher hair, and then he's got yeah, the, that je- hair. the jeans tucked into motorcycle boots. Cool boots wearing. The boots are good. Boots are cool. He's got them cool, lanky build. I think he's got a cool look. It's a bold look. Your your look is carrying the movie. His Well, his look is not as bold as some of the other looks we do get in this movie. Yeah, so I think he is helped by the fact that we get guys like Bone Crusher, Bone who, are, Crusher man. who are really giving you the goods. Uh, Bone Crusher that's the is. Not, that's, that's a guy who is just like, feels so much like his friend... <laughs> And he's just like, can you just kind of go off for a little <laughs> bit do and it. just act crazy? It's like just telling a guy off the street, just act crazy. And you get someone like Bone Crusher. Have you seen uh, his other movie, The Manson Family? Uh, uh, Van Beber's other movie? Yeah. No. Okay, is, so is Bone Crusher like a his featured night. player? He is. Uh, he plays Tex. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so uh, that sounds like one we got to do soon. Well, you, then did his, you knew Van Bever did a, a Manson? No, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, that was his other. Uh, but the Bone Crusher riff is homemade movie making legend. Exactly. This kind of scene. This is the kind of thing like in American movie. You know that level of iconic. 
yes. homemade movie. This, Coven. This is that kind of thing. Yes, this is like very much a Mark Borchardt kind of level. Yeah, and this that's is good. Very much, that's a good that, thing. Exactly. I was going to say, as a compliment, yeah. Uh, Van Beber is kind of doing this like action sleaze version of that was what the Borchardt's Milwaukee doing. Mark Borchardt. Van Beber's doing the Ohio. This is the Ohio version, you know, and that's that level of we've talked about. This that's you know yeah, that's the total... level of regional promoters, and I love this kind of regional ambitious project, making a ho- your hometown into this gritty gang drama. That you take seriously, and you're not just mm-hmm. goofing around in the park on the weekends. Take four years. Even though you are filming you are. in the park on the weekends. Everything you're doing can look dumb, but the level of commitment and the specific... You just got to hit... You got to find the right vibe. Yeah. You either have that <laughs> vibe that you know what you're hitting. You know, it's... But it's got to be hard to keep that vibe up over a four-year filming it's period David or production Lynch period. doing Eraserhead. Yeah. He had a vibe in mind. And he took seven years to hit that. And it worked. It was its own thing. <laughs> Eraserhead is Eraserhead. <laughs> Deadbeat at Dawn is Deadbeat at Dawn. Yeah, For really. being a movie very much like a Bronson or a Norris, you know, canon mm-hmm. kind of era, it's its own thing. It succeeds on its own. It is smart and professional and impressive in its stunts and its fight choreography and uh improv and <laughs> editing again it, it yeah it's one of those where we've said it before it's like he made it man he made <laughs> he it did dude it. if you're you do this if like your you friend you try was, to make this movie i'm sorry if your friend was making a movie and you didn't know much about it and he did a screening and it was deadbeat at dawn i'd be like my friend is amazing wouldn't that be so great if, like, Jay just, like, yeah. next week's, like, by the way, I've been making this <laughs> I've been movie. been making this thing in at, my spare time. At the warehouse, and you're just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Holy I kind of want to do that. <laughs> right? This is the kind of thing that if you love movies, you get more into the idea of making a movie. It kicks something in everybody that's like, wow, we can do this. Yeah. These guys wanted to do it, and they did it. And this is one of my absolute favorite he did it movies right knowing how much rope to give your friends getting lucky with a few casting or location things and the confidence that you need to pull off a movie like this never accuse jim van beber of not having confidence yeah yeah no it's it's, and i don't think he's a joke especially watching it on the big screen this last time the just actual intensity of the scenes came through in a very different way than what I remember from the first time. Yeah. And uh yeah, the the killing of the girlfriend is like actually pretty well done and mm-hmm. some scary imagery there. Very. Uh really effective stuff there. He uh has a scene with his uh heroin addicted Ooh. dad and I'm wow. like I'm like now this guy is the best actor in town that he knows from like community theater okay. giving a, giving a good performance. That guy is not you his character doesn't even have a name on IMDb. Oh yeah. So I've no, and there's no picture, so I don't know which actor it was. But yeah, this guy, whoever's playing Goose's dad in their scene, is incredible regional casting. Right. He's wow. good. Wow. And that's where it really gets it, into the Thompson stuff because it gets very druggy mm-hmm. and the camera work starts getting really great up close on the dad and and the 
Sound, out. sound editing is bugging out, His and dad. you start getting really kind of like hallucinogenic or hallucination kind of imagery. Yeah, dude. Uh, His Goose's dad gave me these, <laughs> like a drugged out Kent Brockman. Oh yeah, vibe. Kent Brockman's this a crazed good call. Brockman guy, but he had one of these a perfect. 50s crime noir tough guy bodies yes where that dude who always has this pair of brown slacks pulled up over his bare belly and he's fat or maybe but a also, wife beater he's yeah. like fat but in shape in parts <laughs> he's got like buff arms but he's fat or he's like a fat guy but somehow has abs right you're like what is your body there's no love handles yeah, yeah. This he's is like a solid fat thick, guy thick trunk man I don't, they just pumped him. They had an assembly line of that in-shape fat guy. Well, that's like when you would see Jerry Stiller without a shirt on Seinfeld. <laughs> right, he's like just a, a blocky body. <laughs> You're like, is it squishy or is it like, it's just a I don't think it's squishy body. at all. I think yeah. it is hard as a lump. <laughs> yeah. And so he's just a, an out-of-shape fit guy or a fit guy who got out of shape. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's a perfect, what a dream bod on, <laughs> on this 55-year-old It's the original man. dad bod. Yeah, I think, oh, that, I think that qualifies. Gorgeous. And the thing about those 50s noir tough guys who are shirtless in brown slacks under a street lamp mm-hmm. on some rainy pavement is none of them ever shot horse into their toes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Up close. You get that. Remember six years after this movie came out when there was an uproar over a needle scene in Pulp Fiction? Hmm. Here you have just a junk, just a guy shooting up between his toes. That's what I mean. The straight to the toes. We skip way past arm. This level doesn't, or this the the, the level of just gore and like <laughs> depravity in this movie. Yeah, is so much more intense than it, like actually maybe even is on screen. Like it lets your brain just go to right. such darker places well that's why i think it's, it's and that's a great version of that scene where you're just like we're just now we're just hanging out with him and his heroin addicted dad in a s- flop house somewhere. and these locations again are too real yeah to be real like oh my god this is the effort it would have taken to make it look this accurately run down they didn't have that time and detail and money this just had to be who is location scouting this mm-hmm. it's incredible and that regional flavor is what adds to even bad movies. Remember Phobe? The xenophonic oh. experiments, that yeah, Canadian yeah, yeah. movie. That, that was a 90s... Uh, 90s shot on video alien Terminator flick. Basically just a bunch of kids running around in the woods. Yeah. yeah, with their accents. Fun and stuff. there's like 30-year-olds playing high schoolers. And this just ran they for years it. on Canadian public access when they needed to fill time. And it's not great, but... God, man, they did it. <laughs> they did this. You know what it is? People it's, watched this. It's like uh, this movie could have easily been like an MST3K victim mm-hmm. because it is that low of a budget. Like yeah. it is like pod people. People have done level. worse with much more money. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't think it, it somehow, somehow it hooks you. It's yeah. Like, Maybe the way that like Larry Clark can hook you in a right. depraved movie. And again, yeah, the, something like Street Trash, which, yeah. depending Ugh. on your thoughts on the movie, it's a movie that I am both genuinely disgusted by and I respect as something unique, but it's a movie that really actually makes me unpleasant. 
feeling. More, yeah, even more I, I, unpleasant I, I, than the grimiest canon Death Wish kind yeah, of stuff. The yeah, this that one, one makes me, me feel a little bit really. Too much. <laughs> this movie makes me feel as Street Trash makes me feel as dirty as it looks, and not many movies do that. Yeah, and this makes me feel you know you feel the dirtiness and the grime in these parts of Dayton, but it feels really lived in and personal. More mm-hmm. this guy, it doesn't feel as exploitative as it could, even though it's filled with nothing but exploitation. But it has some John Waters winks. There's a couple of comedy moments that are intentional, but the serious moments are good. This was quality local casting. I loved Christy. Yeah, I loved her. The girl was good. That's the same kind of girl that I love if this movie was in Jersey. Mm-hmm. She's like an Ohio Adriana. In like you know yeah, the best I get way, that. yeah. The the Ohio Drea De Mateo, you know. Oh yeah, this yeah this with whole her button up shirts and her high jeans and like the lip biting, biting her lip when Goose is in a knife fight. <laughs> John Waters could not create a babe like that. A knife fight in a cemetery. John Waters had Tracy Lords trying to be this babe, right? You know, this is the real deal. This Christie is what John Waters couldn't get. And I don't know if it's luck or having a great eye or knowing the right group of friends who grew up making movies together or what. Mm-hmm. But it's just like John Waters growing up making movies with his friends. And then their friends are in big movies and becoming stars. But it's that camp mindset that's so connecting. Right. And this is not just a... But this is like Grindhouse camp. This is Grindhouse, but like... Man, putting in a girl like Christy who's biting her lip during knife fights. And the knife fights are gruesome. The fights in this are the level of stuff that as good or better than the Warriors. Movies with cool fights. Cool gang fights. Like, these were tough fights with wounds that looked real. Yeah, they they don't skip on the blood. The blood looks very real. And Um, the cuts and, like, they're good. Yeah, grimy, gritty gore scene there's some good gore in this and yeah the final fight uh on the train platform is great wow that's kung fu movie level yeah. kind of stuff that is, that a is full such a full showcase if anybody had been giggling at his act throughout the first hour i think he yeah he earns shuts it shuts everybody up in the final 20 minutes i think that's it i mean that is his if you're filming yourself it, it takes balls <laughs> yes to write, produce, finance, direct, and star in your own idea. And probably fight choreograph and everything in between. Yeah. He did the fight choreography. It was, uh, yeah. And the whole goal of it is like, I'm going to look like the baddest motherfucker. Do you know how hard that is? Do you know how much of a, how egotistical you have to be? To do that? Well, that's it's a, what a joke. God. It's a cliche in of itself. A, yeah. That's How? like the guy who films himself in his garage doing nunchucks and then hits himself in the nuts on America's Funniest Home Videos. Like, I have seen a, a lot almost. of nunchuck scenes. I can't honestly say I've seen a guy look cooler with nunchucks than Goose. Now, I was going to ask you, I think he really hit those dudes with those he nunchucks. split a dude's head open, and you can't tell me that wasn't a shoot. That's exactly like Mark That guy Borchardt. got his head busted open, man. That guy got his head run into a wall. <laughs> yeah. That guy got his head run into a cupboard. 
Just in, like in Coven, Coven man. just like in Coven, where he's breaking the guy's head through the Goose cupboard, and his, it's a real cupboard. Goose gets the top of his head run into like a concrete bus end, yeah, like four times, and it is just neck compression. It's just and his real. body going into this thing. And there's a yeah, there's just a few scenes though where he takes the nunchucks and just smacks the guy right on the top of the head, and I'm like, I don't know if they had. Maybe those were fake chucks at the in that scene. It was just foam or something, but it, that's the only way that could happen. Because he it's was a, it's contact. <laughs> he was hitting people across the face with these things, man. I hope those were foam. And he was a fucking whip master. The accuracy on this guy—he's just good. like a trick rodeo show guy. If you're gonna show it off, you better be good. Yeah, you know that's the crazy thing. That's where you can't deny him. Anybody that was giggling or wanting to laugh at this dude work. in a duster, once he is doing like a 360 spin kick and landing with a head-splitting nunchuck swipe across two... Nope. This guy is killing it. It did seem like the roundhouse kick was his immediate reaction to anything. He... And anyone show up and he didn't like their vibe, roundhouse kick. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell Roadhouse was like, you know, we can just do this. Yeah, right. Can we get Roadhouse Patrick Swayze big to budget deadbeat at dog? If we don't know what happened to to Goose at the end of this spoiler, but uh, I assume he joined Top Gun. I assu- that's my only. I assume he he joined the the bar bouncer circuit that <laughs> Swayze and uh, Sam gotta be Sam Elliott are on. He's one of the rankings that they talk about in that movie. Oh, definitely. He's the top ranked bouncer in the state. Goose is in there somewhere with his big old scarred up. But I can abdomen. also see Goose working for Ben Gazzara. Cause oh no, because Goose no. is a criminal no, man. No, I'm no. sorry, he can't quit the gangs. Goose has a code. <laughs> Goose has a defined code. That is important. That the fact that Goose has a defined code. Mm-hmm. Street trash dips into all out depravity. No one ends up having a code. In street trash. Sure. Everybody falls for this depravity. Goose witnesses things he didn't want to witness. He does what he thinks is appropriate, but he has a level. There's things that disgust him. <laughs> That's important because the thing that this movie needed to do was allow us to never disconnect from Goose. Right. If we I'd... find him too unrelatable and too, like, I think he's the bad guy now. He's right. definitely the bad guy. Because right. it'd be easy to make this beast the bad guy. Well, he's never the bad guy, but I was expecting a more straightforward revenge story. Yeah. He gets his girl killed. He kind of goes on a bender, which, you you know, mm-hmm. understandable. Stays with his dad for a while. Is laying low because he thinks the gang's out to get him. Yeah. But then he doesn't really go on a revenge mission so much as he agrees to join the gang for one last job that they're doing with the rival gang that killed his girl. I think it was like a big plan of th- his to end up with that 100K from the heist. You think it was all a ruse to yeah. screw both the gangs? It or? was a, the outfit kind of scenario where he hmm. is getting his payday and he's getting what he's owed. And uh, he's going to take it out on them and they can fight how much they want. Gotcha. But he will take out 30 of them convincingly. <laughs> but his freedom that he gives these actors, Danny. Danny, what a 
What a jerk. This is a villain. What a ginger mustached heel. This is a guy I really genuinely hated. Yeah. So you know he's doing his job. Uh, I mean, Danny is such a evil dude. And this is the only credit for uh for our Paul Harper as Danny. What an incredible find. So That's the joy of indie. That's got to be like Van Beber's like childhood friend or something. Yeah. Like those two had because they're like the main rivals. Oh yeah. Goose and Danny. But uh I got to say there felt like an intimacy between them. Sure. It was there was a like, it was a grimy point there was break. Like, there was like a lot of eye contact. Yeah, there was a, a lot of there deep was a, eye contact between them. There was the a two. homemade point break kind of okay. vibe between them. Like they could have been brothers, but uh yeah, Danny's a wild man. He's one of the most ferocious what a punk villains. This is a Bronson level punk yeah. villain quality. He would have played just as well in He's an any of those evil best dude. Bronson villains. Yeah, genuinely evil dude. It's that same kind of guy, different scuzzy look with his with his little caterpillar mustache. Ugh, just, ugh. Don't like it. That's one of the most disgusting things the whole movie. <laughs> but he he also gets some of the like the funny boss dude lines, you know that that, that all the '90s action movies had, like when. When Bone Crusher was uh, talking about guys taking a bunch of secondal. Hmm. These are just basically bikers that do drugs. This is a bike movie at heart. Yeah, yeah, You know, exactly. a bunch of drug, run, might as well drug be running games. bikers and guys running whatever they can run. Hijacking trucks, that kind of level of stuff. Right. Just occupying space and doing crimes, <laughs> living in filth. That level of, of film. Which I love, <laughs> and, uh, but Danny's like, yeah, just like when he punches Bone Crusher in the stomach, reminded me of Dennis Hopper punching, uh, mm. <laughs> punching dudes in the stomach in Blue Velvet. Had that same scum to it, that same bad side of town, definitely feel. Yeah, just wait till they take a bunch of second all, and then, uh, hey, Bone Crusher, do you know where the solar plexus is? Right, like. He's getting these mob boss kind of lines, but they're done in these shitty hallway staircases. Ugh. Yeah. But then Christy is so... She has her own, like... She's so charming, and she's so, like, sweet and believable, and, you know, has a mysterious runaway kind of past, and... There's a great romantic scene of all things yeah. in this movie. I bought with, into the with Goose and Christy having a little picnic out in the field and I genuinely it's liked like actually the, the sweet Goose moment, right? And uh Christy relationship. It he wasn't a full better than just, better than young Anakin and <laughs> Attack of the Clones romance. Yeah. I mean, like when I say this movie could be more exploitative than it is, these things are usually more misogynistic. Mm-hmm. There was a there was an actual tenderness here. I bought into their relationship, uh, tempestuous or you know, right oh. on the way up from the oh, bottom it was fiery. floor uh, yeah. as it was. <laughs> it was believable for me, and but there's also kind of John Watersy level stuff like our gorgeous had to be at least a minute long, uh, Bone Crushers monologue. Oh yeah, about how he like j- I hate people, man. Oh, I don't care. I don't care. I don't give a shit about nothing. You just watch this nothing guy. Nothing at all, man. Yeah. 
Well, that was for me the biggest laugh of the movie is is it's Bone Crusher and and his accomplice are about to yeah, kill dude. Christy. His accomplice is like a smaller guy with like a mustache and headband. And it's the like this had to be on purpose <laughs> because they so they're watching Bone Crusher up close. You get up close on Bone Crusher I'll, just ranting. I kill people. I do it. Blah blah blah. There's and nothing better than killing. Just a quick like pan over to his friend, and his friend just gives him this like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Just like kind of a shaking his head, like uh. <laughs> I lost it, man. I it was in love with that that guy. It's like Jesus, he dude. <laughs> Bone Crusher's got on for thirty seconds about just how li- little of a fuck he gives, and he's just then turning to get like a reaction from his buddy, like, "Don't you fuck with me, man? <laughs> I hate fucking people." The guy's just kind of like. Dude, what? <laughs> yeah, right. Who are you talking to? <laughs> like, it's only me here. Who are you, what are you doing? Oh, I don't man. care. And then the read, it's like he's like running out of breath and they're like, just riff. We'll cut it. Oh, yeah. It, I get the same idea. It's the lowest budget, but still gorgeous version of, I'm sure what they let Arlie Ermy do in Full Metal Jacket. For sure. Like, just do it. Riff. Do it for five, do it for ten, and we'll cut this. Definitely a lot of scenes in this movie felt like half riffed. But I love we some of the <laughs> best shot on video stuff that we've seen is the stuff that they're all going to lean into their riffing. They all think they can riff. Everyone thinks they can riff. Riffing's hard. Guys, you can't. But some of them can. Guys like Jim Van Beber show... He knows how to pick and choose. We've seen movies. Bone where Crusher can riff. Bone Crusher. I'm the baddest motherfucker you ever saw, man. <laughs> yeah, he starts getting into like, yeah. like kind of a Don King um, uh, or Muhammad He's really Ali kind of hype up, man. level. Yeah, I'll well, have what Bone Crusher's he's having. Ja- he's getting jazzed <laughs> up for sure. But uh, all these people are Van Bever's kind of stock company. A lot of them were in Manson Family. You know the movie he took the next ten years. To I was make. gonna say, was that did that? Yeah, that was the next ten of his life. And uh, the guy that plays Manson is the dude that gets wasted by a car in this movie. The construction oh. worker that just gets plowed through on his knees. The great, the best, greatest, maybe the best shot in the movie. Greatest dummy cut. Yeah, they yeah. nailed it. It was a well done dummy cut. They show that but, guy's face and this guy kneeling in his pit, just like, and, the and they cut to a dummy. Oh, but so you're telling me the guy with no lines, who's in one one tenth of a second of this movie, then is the lead That's in the Manson. next one? That's Manson. That's dude. a step up, right there. Yeah, he went from getting plowed. It's like, hey, this guy got he was good. blasted by the car. <laughs> I put him in it. the lead. I believe the it. kid stays. Now, can you do a Charlie Manson as well? This yeah, kid's can do hungry. It all. He's got Charlie in him. <laughs> You see that kid get hit by a car? That's crazy. I'm yeah. surprised Van Beber wouldn't have done the Manson himself. Hey, but you know, I know he's in it, but he's gotta know, uh, uh, somebody well. else. All right. So, uh, and Iris, the girl, he uh, great girl. This is a more uh, Ohio's version of Jersey. Hmm. The, the girl he drunkenly hits on in the bar. Oh he's yeah. On the beginning of his bender. She's great. Yeah, she plays. Uh, she plays Sadie. Nice. Dig this. <laughs> uh, so picture her as that. Oh, we got to do Manson family. Gotta dive into <laughs> that, that Manson like family it. crimes. Oh, man. But these characters are characters. They're written characters. They're not just like, 
the magic will happen if we do it. There's ideas here. And they, I hope this isn't these who these people really are. Oh, like, I hope oh, these aren't just guys he knew that were actually these kinds of people. Yeah, but the people in John, in like Pink Flamingos, are believably sleazy. Oh, yeah. You can buy, like. Oh, I believe I, these guys were. Yeah. You know, if you didn't know them, if you didn't know who the people were, imagine somebody walking blind into the devil's rejects. Mm-hmm. I think something like that is convincingly grimy enough. That it's just scary. It's low budget and realistic enough. And this is the ultimate. Just man making money with the rest of his student loans instead of using them on school. (laughs) Yeah, really. And knowing how cool he can make words like scumfuck sound. (laughs) The knife fights are sick. The fist fights with like, you know, knives in brass knuckles stuff comes off tough and Mm -hmm. rugged and not jokey he throws a lot of spin kicks he has a cool (laughs) spin kick Jean-Claude Van Damme throws a lot of spin kicks his spin kicks look cool Norris does it Walker Texas Rangers nothing but spin kicks it's insane (laughs) nine seasons his go to spin kick oh yeah all spin kicks the spin spin kick puts butts in the seat are we saying this is like if Walker Texas Ranger was in Dayton, Ohio, we might have gotten this level. Of Dallas. Yeah. Dallas by Dayton. Man, Norris never did this level of canon grime. Invasion oh, yeah, USA yeah. had some some sleaze, but never like a Bronson movie. And nothing like this. Yeah. But the Bronson movies feel dirtier to me. And this one sh- sh- has the right amount of dirt for the low budget. That low budget's a real gateway for me. It's really achievable. Well, uh, it's really real. You yeah. the, the line between set and real is so blurred because you're like, it would have taken them forever to do a set mm-hmm. for this. They just have to know a place that's this, and that yeah. adds so much to it. I for think me. yeah. In this case, it yeah, it adds to the effect rather than detracting from yeah. it. Yeah. Wherever street trash is, God, don't go there. Don't let me find myself driving dead. Like it was street trash took place mostly during the day (laughs) yeah it is one of i swear the scariest movie locations ever i am so scared by the 1 p.m look of the street trash neighborhood Mm -hmm. so van beber isn't quite there for me but dayton is but this is also pretty much strictly takes place during the day not a lot of night the the guys that understand their terrain shooting the best always find these cool spots in Vigilante, Lustig's. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good neighborhood, yeah. There's that long scene where they're following a criminal, a thug, and they're, you know, it's a walk and then it turns into a jog. They're going through these like big parking lots and mm-hmm. into like kind of an abandoned school and along a high fence and just following this terrain. You know, they found this spot and it's like, oh, it mapped out this whole progression of a scene. And he has that touch. Mm hmm. The cool way that he climbs scaffolds on the side of the buildings, his parkour comes off pretty impressive. That homemade, was, but yeah. impressive. If you, yeah, if you weren't getting enough of the like I'm bad kind of vibe from this guy with the nunchuck practicing, seeing yeah. seeing him just like jump up and grab like a, a fire, fire escape, escape yeah. and swing one leg up and 
Oh, it's just that was cool. So fun. He rappelled down a parking garage with like yeah, a that rope. Was, that was legit. Now let me ask you. Yeah. Okay. So there's so basically what happens is <laughs> they they the two rival gangs team up to rob an armored truck. Yeah. The uh, the, 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 ooh, the big armored truck heist with goose rappelling down a garage and ninja starring a cop but why did he uh, have to repel guy. from like six stories up yeah he could have gone to the second he level of the garage d- there was no need for him to be that high in the air and to repel all that way down he literally could have been hey charlie just leaning over the second floor balcony in, with a ninja star in maniac cop 2 <laughs> why did spiro rosados fly out the third story of a complex right instead well, of the second story that's where the inmates were being held we at least have something there no i mean the blind jump that he has to do past the truck where you oh, where oh, he couldn't oh, see his landing and cop. it was a third story jump two story would have been cool i know it looks third cool. story is like you're you could die i know there's a risk of death here so you're going off the top of that garage, baby. You're getting the chance. If Van Bever can say he went off the third story of the garage or the top of the garage. <laughs> Dude, it looks cool. It's like Jackie Chan shit. I know it looks cool. <laughs> Why did Jackie Chan have to use that ladder? You know what? <laughs> yeah, why did he get in a fight with those guys in the Bronx? <laughs> Leave it alone, Jackie. Um, the final battle. After this heist, mm-hmm. big big Rapunza heist, and uh, a lot of gun. This is where we get a lot of gun battles, man. People getting phew, our fight in the graveyard that we we kind of s- skipped over a bit was that's as cool and tough as anything in the Warriors. I love the Warriors, mm-hmm. but man, him and uh, the way Goose and Danny kind of followed and stumbled their fight through the graveyard. Yeah. And there was, it felt like actual consequences. The guys were really believably selling their injuries. I bought all the injuries in the film. This level of cheap has, it tricks me. It tricks me more than a big budget movie because there's that extra level of like, all right, well, how did they do that? Because when it looks good, it looks good. The cheaper it is, the more real it is for me. Right. This had a lot of real in it when it could have been very silly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if I ever had that how did they do that question because it was obvious that he just would repel just, off of just, a sixth floor. Just would do the stunt and he, then would just potato the shit out of guys in fights. Yeah. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah. Hope, like, again, hopefully rubber knives as well as... Whoa, but but obviously... Crazy knife play. It this. would not have surprised me if they were just... N- just all right, you jab at me with your knife. I'll jab at you with my knife. Nunchucks Don't actually stab each other. But if we do, make sure you get it on camera. If he managed to to realistically use fake light nunchucks and make them look as heavy as he made them look, that would be an amazing sleight of hand. That's like a wrestler who can throw a punch. Right. That, that makes it that that looks great but doesn't hurt. Yeah. Like. Because he looked like he was blasting guys with these nunchucks. <laughs> yes. And they were expertly aimed, heavy again, landings. I, I'm not asking how he did it so much as I'm assuming you just, just did it. give brain damage to lower Ohio? That's why it took four years. Yeah, these guys had, had to, to recover. Keep finding uh, people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Heal from their, their like wounds. My doctor says if I get another concussion this year. No, but there's you know, effects like... Uh, uh, him stitching together his palm 
Because Goose oh, yeah, that like, was a good effect. Sl- uh, gets his palm sliced open with a knife, and that was crazy. Dumping uh, booze on it, and then yeah, dumping yeah. booze on his face scar, face gaping wound. These guys get injuries, and then they sell those injuries, and damn, it adds to the real. Because you're like, is this guy really just working off this? Like, Because Van Beber, by the end, he knows how to ramp his stunts. That's another thing that you know this guy gets it. He gets more and more crazy leaps. Mm-hmm. Lowering himself from like huge drops to ground, a huge jump over an overpass into like a water-filled culvert. Yep, that was probably four stories down. With that, oh, the fully clothed splash landing, probably cold as hell. Whenever they were filming, this guy was putting himself through some. I think he just did big it things. It was just yeah. It's like before there was you know the Ninja Warrior uh, TV show where you had people yeah jumping around like that this guy was just doing it's kind that. of parkour like could have come off dorky you know <laughs> and i don't think it did i think it came off this feels like the movie mac from always sunny pictures oh 100 like himself being no this is the movie where the guy who thinks he's cool is is doing a showcase of how cool i am yeah this is the movie he envisions making yeah. And like it working and everyone being the like, succe- you're great. The success to fail rate of, I'm going to make a movie about how cool I am. Yeah. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it has to be more bad than good. Right? Of course. <laughs> it has to be. I'm sure some are the, I'm sure I'm, you know, we'd think of highly respected vanity projects, but I'm sure it's a risk that usually ends in utter failure. Well, like I said, this is, this is every kid who, you know, has videos of himself doing the lightsaber duel or yeah, or playing with his katana or nunchuck or the guy that's throwing an axe into the wall and like there's a, reviewing axes on there's the, you know, a like, certain unspecified line that can be crossed when something that can come off humiliatingly nerdy right can be cool somebody just like man did you see that 13-year-old kid playing that expert guitar hero level? Kind of cool. Exactly. That kid kind of nailed it. It's like, did you see Jim Van Bever get his head smashed into a concrete divider three times, but then do a backflip off the wall and double nunchuck two guys and choke another guy out right after with nunchucks? all in one shot? All in one single shot? Because that's amazing. Like, wow. This guy manages to look cool yeah doing things that could look like him doing a like 50 year old man with a mullet in a gut just being like yeah now i get the cool babe making this i'm making a movie for me but like you also know that it's just a guy and his friends out and they're like all right the train's coming by start dude and you see the guy Driving the train in the the background, just like looking out the window, like, what the fuck is going on? The saddest day of my train conductor job would be the day I was moving one of my trains like I do every day. And there was a 19 person knife fight going on (laughs) right next to my train that was already on its set course. And I just had to keep turning my head, like, (laughs) like, no. Come back. Like, I'm never going to see anything like this. They're just running across the train yard while active trains are there. Yeah. Just crazy. How would you not think that's real? You see the cameras, sure, but right. you're also seeing 19 guys with weapons 
in chaos. Just being like, ah, ah, ah. there's a lot of great crazy. street looks. Yeah, that's the, that's one of the first joys I noticed when when I started with John Waters. Yeah, yeah, is like, oh yeah, they're just doing this. This is Gonzo shit. This is great. Yeah, no, but it, it's I love that feel. I, I had a friend in high school. Uh, do like his senior project was to make a movie or whatever. Right. So he did. He did this like action kind of movie, very much like Deadbeat at Dawn. Just a guy who kicks everyone's ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he didn't pull it off quite as convincingly. <laughs> he didn't stick it as well. But I was there for a few days where we'd film, and it was just a bunch of us high schoolers being like, "All right, you guys over there." And this is like in a park, right? Yeah. In the middle of the afternoon, it's like, "All right, you three, you're gonna walk up to me. <laughs> I'm gonna kick you. We're gonna do it." And it's like. That's just, and then you're Dude, just doing it, that, and then you're just doing it for like for a couple as, hours. For as different as I feel from modern day teenagers, being a man of my certain age, mm-hmm. we are still close enough that we all have memories of our own. We all have teenage movies. We are all of the age where right, we got where you and teenage your friends movies. Just had like an eight millimeter or some sort Me, of recorder. My friend Randy Bitzer. We recorded our Beastie Boys sabotage videos <laughs> for several Saturdays. There you go. We had fake mustaches. We went to Sally Sherman, got our best 70s cop outfits. We were probably 15. Mm-hmm. And we just would eat up a Saturday recording us doing sabotage shit. Nice. It would be like the kids recording skateboarding tricks. Mm-hmm. We recorded us doing sabotage. And we had we circulated those tapes. We watched the tapes. We thought it was cool. Some, and it was. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking cool. Somewhere. 15 year olds making sabotage videos or doing skateboard shit. That's cool. Pre YouTube. Yeah. yeah, man. And now kids do that and they get to share it with more kids. It's a weird, cool thing that's uh, that's happened. And Van Beber is just taking this to a level that all of us dabbled in. We all got that urge because we all loved these movies and we all had access to do tiny little things ourselves Mm -hmm. i got to go my dad's office is a block down from where several shots in scream were were filmed oh yeah yeah so i got to go when i was you know 15 hang out in healdsburg and watch a movie get made that's cool and then it turned out to be a cool movie Mm -hmm. like that's a connection and these movies have that connection because they're homemade and they're a dream and when you see a guy just kick ass at it like (laughs) Canon wasn't doing anything as good as this. I love 80s Canon stuff, but this is as good as Canon. As raw, I'll say and that. And Canon wishes they could have made movies this cheap. This is like trauma. Like, I'm surprised this isn't like sure. a trauma level. Very, very, very. This, you know. I got those vibes, yeah. There's, there's, I'm not a big trauma guy. Mm. I respect it. I respect the hustle. I love all right, this right, shit, right. you know. Like, I love these bad filmmakers that just make a lot. Al Adamson made 50 movies. Of course, yeah. It's cool. Maybe He's one of those first. Know, do yeah. it. You make a movie. You spend your life making movies. Good for you. But yeah, I don't love all trauma, but you make enough of them. There's some gems. There's some gold and two, three, four, you know, it's mm-hmm. not out of the question. And this could have fit in with the trauma selection, but it's or something it like is that. Just, yeah. It's at that level of look budget it exceeds all of it the stunt that builds up to goose being dragged by danny's hot rod and getting scraped up against the side of a brick building i'd put up with any action stunt 
in any movie. That was I put that up with the Maniac Cop 2 car stunt. Yeah. Which I adore. That was impressive. And again, can't imagine it's anything other than a guy just getting what hooked a up risk. to a car and just driven around. He could around. have broken both of his legs. Oh, yeah. He could have broken his shoulder. I mean, I mean it looked that bad. Again, four years to make this movie. We it don't looked, know he didn't. <laughs> it looked like his leather jacket gets literally ripped off, like torn Ugh. by brick. It looks like it. I tried to re- I rewound it several times, but he's so good at sleight of hand with some of these shots that it could have been a dummy could tearaway. Like he's that he's good enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he shows that level of skill. Yeah, the construction worker is definitely a dummy getting run over. Right, in but that one it's. Cut. Uh, smart editing. Mm-hmm. It's you know theater level quality. You know this is the same kind of level quality in anything like Tourist Trap. That cost more money and is more of a well known thing. It's it's that level of quality in uh, uh effect. Mm. And uh, God, that final battle though, I don't think anything can prepare you for that. If anybody in that theater was kind of giggling at his uh, self importance. That shut him up. <laughs> that shut him up. That fight. Oh my god. Yeah, it's we good. end on. We could not end on a bigger. Whew. You want tough guy walking off into sunset, dying on your sword. Endings. Goose goes out like a man who does not give a fuck. Goose is, he is gonna avenge Christy. Goose is draining blood by the gallon at the end of this. Yeah, movie. man. He gets messed up. Yeah, <laughs> you should see the other guys. Uh huh. But uh, but Goose, uh, we think. I mean, by all accounts, Goose must die. There's no way he makes it. Yeah, Goose. No. Goose takes one of the There's most. No this Goose final battle, and you sequel. knew it was going to come. The whole movie builds perfectly to a Danny Goose showdown. Yeah, it's a great build throughout the whole thing. You want to see this. You want this fight. It needs to be big. And it is. I think it it is badass, man. And there's no spin kicks. It suddenly gets way more they live. Oh, sure. Way more of that hard-hitting, grimy, like, ball-kicking level of cheap fighting. And that's in a movie where yeah. we're seeing a guy get his hand blown off with a shotgun. So it gets so dirty fighting and so, like, like eye-gougy. Danny bites Goose's finger off. Oh yeah. In like yeah. real time. Goose is screaming bloody murder. This looks like a man. I mean, we get a finger spit. See, it is like, oh my it is gritty though. It comes off more they live than comedy for me. Mm-hmm. It comes off tough. It comes off dirty. Like these guys are taking bruises and putting everything into it. They wanted to make it look good. Mm-hmm. And it did. It was a dirty ass fight man it was tough <laughs> goose gets stabbed eight times oh yeah by yeah. that short blade that danny oh. has but it's a believable injury it's not like a gutting straight stomach shot no, twisted it's, it's like short it's, jabs it's every time you see someone get shanked in prison it's like yeah, that. It's like yeah Ooh, i hate that it is as gruesome as anything that you saw in oz 15 years later and then because it's so cheap it comes off so much like oh my god yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> is, oh, fuck. It's <laughs> bad. They're going to kill each other. That is real, man. They're doing this. <laughs> Brawling over cars. A lot of people getting hit by cars, falling into cars, yeah, jumping yeah. onto cars that are moving pretty quick. Very impressive car stunts. The I swear, the, the brick wall car dragging 
I would question, I would nerdily question this dude for an hour about it. I, I've got to ask Lustig about the Maniac Cop car scene. He's told me all about it. Didn't make it any less impressive right. when I knew the tricks. Sounded like an insane thing to pull off and look that iconic. And that kind of scene for me is like, that's what makes Deadbeat at Dawn something that shuts people up. <laughs> Nothing but people like kind of stunned by that movie when it ended. And I think it yeah. was reverent. I think it was not a like, what did you just do? Well, I think they they saw something new. This movie is so intense at the end. Yeah. And it gets into this weird, like he's having these visions of his dead girlfriend. And yeah. the music is just like chaotic. Or the soundtrack, just, this, yeah. just the effect really piercing. noise that you're getting. And in the theater, it was really loud. Yeah. And pretty, it was good. pretty I was, piercing. I was into it. And yeah, I think by the time the movie was over, I, it was just exhausting. Let alone being the last of five movies in a day. Yeah. Just the this movie as an experience is not like a light, no easy watch. If you get into it, it is it'll de- it was depleting. It doesn't make it was me depleting. it doesn't make me feel as sad as that's the thing hmm. with street trash. I actually feel sad. Yeah. Like it doesn't make me feel good. I can appreciate it. I. I love its score. I appreciate it how dirty and sad and brutal it looks, but it makes me feel dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's not always fun. It's a movie I've seen two or three times and I respect and still just makes me feel icky. And this doesn't quite hit that for me. This has a little, like I said, Goose has a code. It's mm-hmm. different than my code, <laughs> personally. Good to know. Uh but it's there. Mm-hmm. It's that. It's the reason Bronson works. It's the reason Paul Kersey works. Uh, because he usually has this important code. So when he breaks from his own code, you know it's not a rash decision. That's important to connect to a man doing a lot of killing. <laughs> a lot of killing. Goose takes down 20 men. Holy God. He takes the he gangs out. He dispatches the ravens, the spiders... Any other animals throughout what, the land. One of, one of the underrated best parts of this movie is the Ravens and Spiders gang names. Yeah, man. I love that. I love it. The Ravens and the Spiders. And I think it was spelled S-P-Y-D-E-R. It was. Yeah. We saw it in the graffiti. graffiti. Yeah, a lot the of graffiti. The graffiti was good. A lot of good graffiti. A lot of good showy graffiti. Yeah. That one Very was, great locations. A lot was, of good yeah. mini marts in the background. A lot of good corner <laughs> stores. That's why I said it was hitting me like the wire, man. Mm-hmm. It has that neighborhood feel. It has that filmed in its real location feel. And that can't be beat. That realism can't be topped. Mm-hmm. It just adds to everything. And then you know to finish with your throat ripping. <laughs> oh, man. If you can do a I forgot thro- that an esophagus the ripping, whoa, there's a wow. door slam, baby. I think that elicited actual gasps uh-huh. from the crowd. Yep. Yeah, we get into some almost what like night evil dead but like some very like <laughs> horror gore dude moments of that's like savini level that, yes that throat, yes. throat ripping was savini level gore day of the dead looking shit yeah man it was him vanquishing his enemy and literally going for the throat he didn't <laughs> think twice about it there was no hesitation mercy shot at that point it was just throat open grab twist oh Little flops of sputter, skin. Sputter, sputter. Oh, man. Just the light going out of Dude, Danny's eyes. 
<laughs> what movie had a what mainstream high budget movie had a throat ripping? Roadhouse. Oh shit. There you go. I think we got a case here. Yeah. God, I love Roadhouse. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at this my Chinese bookie laser disc over here with Cosmo. Oh, getting them Gazera <laughs> vibes needs uh, to happen soon. It'll be coming, I guess. This is such an achievement. I knew once we had these five movies to choose from, if you would have put up a stink about Deadbeat at Dawn, this would be the one I would fight for. Mm. <laughs> I think I would have actually fought for this over Thief. Okay. Like if you had been, no, maybe just Manhunter or Collateral, just not Thief. <laughs> I would have been like, sure, that's fair. Okay. We'll do a different man. But I think I would have fought for Deadbeat at Dawn. I don't think I could have replaced that with well. anything. To my credit, I did not put up a stink. No, I accepted you, you, the challenge. Uh, you accepted my. I think we were both pretty good about being more like putting up our. I'd really want this. Yeah, no. I it think was, we collaborated pretty nicely. I was pleased with ourselves. Yeah, we. I'm really a, excited to talk about our our day. Yeah, it was a very good selection of just like all just immediate yeses, just like yeah. no hesitation, like definitely. Yeah, all came fi- together. All five and no, and knowing that we had to close on Deadbeat at Dawn. That's the way to do it. Not only did I definitely want that one, it was my immediate choice for closer. I always that for sure. I cannot watch that. At, it wouldn't at have worked. Twelve thirty. Yeah, I was gonna say it would not have worked as like the second movie. Even of the if day. it's the same darkness inside, I know it's light outside. Yeah, <laughs> I was the, just there. I know it is. I needed that to be the closer. That needs to end at you know ten thirty, right when we had it till. And I don't think it, I don't think I could have replaced that with anything. I wanted to do Bronson. Remember, we all yeah, we Bronson about... was our closest alternate mm-hmm. that we didn't do. And there could have been a lot of Bronson vibes <laughs> that could have been different. But I don't know if they would have compared to Dead Be a Dawn. I think I think that was too new of an experience for a lot of the people. I liked being able to share that. More yeah. people would benefit from sharing Dead Be a Dawn with their friends. Yeah, uh, we did the the Lord's work by <laughs> yeah. exposing people to this crazy ass movie, and they uh, and then they're tell, better for it. They'll tell two friends. Yeah, and they're better they'll for tell it. two friends, and the the word the word of, the world becomes a better place. Yeah, you're welcome. We'll have, we'll have to do Man's Family, and we'll have to keep leaning into our love of homemade movies. Yeah, we should definitely go we, with that route more because I don't know we we I haven't really dove into shot on video like we could have. Mm-hmm. We've watched a lot, but haven't really done much. So, I, I, the more I keep getting nudged in that direction, I'm just so impressed by it. Yeah, maybe we'll look and see if there's any of those kind of shot on videos where they're available to watch somewhere online. Sure. So, so people, so can everybody get into can it. Uh, share in all this. Yeah, because I also not don't, just one that I have on a laser I, yeah. I don't want to. I, I don't want to do movies where it's like only 150 copies exist and they're all under lock and key. But we got one. All right, man. Who else? Is gonna talk about Mob Boss starring Eddie Deason. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can watch it. I can get that VCR. So preoccupied up. with whether or not you can. Yeah. Don't know if you should. <laughs> there's not enough Deason content out there. I got some. Uh, there's some collection of stuff over there. Got. Hey, we wouldn't have had un- of unknown origin. I'm gonna tell you right now. It's on the VHS. Death Spa. Oh, God, Despot. That's looking good on the shelf right See, now. See, so not all of these might be as readily available, but 
we have to get the word out. Somebody's got to be talking more about Cards of Death. Burglar from Hell. 555 and Burglar from Hell. They're like, we, people got to hear about them. That's how Deadbeat at Dawn exists. That's how it gets around. You know? This is one of those this movies. Thing, this is a legit like cult cult classic. Very much. Yeah. This, this is, is it doesn't get cult. more this cult is, than this. This is the next level below the level of Evil Dead. Right. Evil exactly. Dead was a little more money to make. Yeah. And a, a bit, and it made its money. Is spread. is the first Evil Dead a little too slick for you? <laughs> a little too Hollywood? I mean, this Evil, is the way to go. Evil Dead hits me with that same real rawness that this does. Oh, for does. sure. Uh, that's why it was for a long time. It was I thought it was the scariest movie I'd ever seen. Especially in my 20s. That movie really scared me. And uh, this movie impressed me in the same way Evil Dead does. It's like, you know, it's it's cheaper. And uh, it's more raw, even. Mm-hmm. But damn, if he doesn't nail everything he sets out to do. Even his final little touching confrontation with uh, Christie's sister. Mm-hmm. Who Christie hadn't had contact with in some time. And he's gutted. He just ripped a dude's throat out, stabbed him. It doesn't come off as overindulgent and silly as it could he looks wrecked (laughs) and his staggering and stumbling and the beatings he's took man this guy is looks like he's literally putting his blood into this movie this guy jumped off enough high ass buildings for me to just be in love with this flick yeah i'm so glad i got to watch it with people i like watching movies like this with in a theater if anybody gets the chance to see Dead Be It Dawn anywhere, it works on any experience. Watch it on the cheapest TV you have. Watch it on your phone yeah. in the bathroom in 20-minute chunks. It's unlike anything you'll experience. It looks like you might be able to see it on Tubi. Oh, I, th- I think it was on Shudder at one Why point. Why wouldn't it be, right? Um, so it, it exists. It yeah. exists. It's, it's not as underground as others we've watched. Yeah. It's the, fi- it's finding its its cult oh, yeah. following for sure. I've never met anybody that doesn't respect it. <laughs> you, you can't talk shit about this movie. Right. It's cool. No, you'll get a fucking nunchuck to yeah, your face man, if you, you do. Yeah, you will get your bro. head split open. <laughs> you want to go? Goose is a, a goose, goose goes like 35 people. <laughs> On like a Wednesday. It's crazy. Down by the tracks. Yeah, man, it's nuts. Yeah. And it rules. It is so cool. I think it came to this. I think it came to this. Finally. It's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Deadbeat at dawn on the big screen. Do you promise it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing? Because yeah. I feel like in two years, you're going to be like, I got more to say about Deadbeat at dawn. We could ever do a Van Beber double feature of this and the Manson family. Is he around? Is he like a... Yeah. He's around as around as like, this is the guy you want to. Yeah, this is the guy you want to get to a screening and yeah. do a Q&A with. Yeah, big time. He is he is one of those outspoken kind of uh, cool guys who's passionate and smart about it. just like Van Mark Borchardt, the interviews. guy. Uh, oh yeah, who looks like a dirtbag, but he knows every Bergman movie sure. and knows all the subtext of Fellini and like is a film expert. Right. He's one of those kind of guys who you know a film sno- all, a film snob who it. can pull off a duster. Mm-hmm. You know, like looking like a cool badass. Like it's a certain type, and he's cool like that. And yeah. That'd be a great double feature. So maybe not for the last time, but God, I'm glad it got to happen. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you guys for listening and good night.